Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast. I'm Eliana Palomino, a proud Greek American, former Miss Teen America, corporate sales leader turned entrepreneur, mother, and wife. And I believe that we are made for more. But without the right tools, mindset, or support system to help us grow, that potential never gets unleashed. And that, my friends, is a life unlived. This show is all about expanding your mindset, unlocking your potential, and learning from the best on how to elevate your life, business, and relationships. Set your intentions, and like we say in Greek, Bame, let's go. Welcome back to the show, you guys. Today, we have a very special guest I cannot wait to introduce to you. She was my doula when I was pregnant, and I could not wait to have her on the show because the work that she does is so profound and unlike any other doula that I've experienced um, or come across. And so today's episode, we talked all about maiden to motherhood, and it brought up all of the things. I mean, we dove into the feminine and masculine energies. We tapped into the child-parent relationships. We also spoke on the matronance and identity shifts. I mean, there was so much we unveiled in this discussion that I cannot wait for you to dive into. So without further ado, from years of witnessing and supporting mothers' matricence, Jennifer has acquired a fierce passion for intuitive and maternal-led childbirth. She has manifested her passion for empowering women biohacking and the experience of birth into her company, Birth of a Goddess, her labor of love where she is a quantum birth keeper. Birth work, as she says, is magic. It is to hold a sacred space for women to step into their power and trust enough to surrender their bodies. It is to allow oneself to go so deeply within and let the intense process of birth to unfold. Motherhood is our most important contribution to humanity. We must step into it consciously. Something magical, powerful, and transformative happens for a woman and baby as they cross this threshold, creating a bond that's like no other. For over 26 years, Jennifer has been raising and nurturing her own three children and supporting mothers in her community. She prides herself on living an authentically healthy lifestyle and nurturing everyone around her. She holds a Bachelor of Childhood Education and her extensive training encompasses studying with the CAPPA and the Matrona of Women Honoring Women as a birth, postpartum, and holistic doula. She recently traveled to Ecuador to study with the indigenous midwives and medicine women to further her passion and knowledge of wound care and the ceremonial arts of birth keeping. She weaves her background of breathwork and almost 500 hours studying various yoga modalities and life coaching into her serving her community as a sacred birth worker, womb healer, ceremony facilitator, yoga instructor, lactation consultant, and maternal life coach. The birthing process provides you an experience more than physical. As you prepare for your child to come earthside, the feelings, emotions, changes in your body, and creating a a family open you up as a woman to take on a new role, more empowered, stronger, and a sense, a new sense of purpose. This is what it means to be a mother. 
It is this intentional connection of the body, mind, and soul that she strives for everyone to find for themselves and incorporate not only into their birthing experience, but weave it into their conscious parenthood journey. You can find and follow Jennifer on social media at Birth of a Goddess. Our conversation with Jennifer begins right now. Jen, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here with us. We just had to start recording because we were already chit-chatting and talking and it felt like we, we needed to start recording already. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks um, for having me. Excited of to course. chat. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time coming. You guys, today's episode is all about maiden to motherhood. And if you don't know Jen... Jen is an incredible quantum birth keeper. She was my doula, my personal friend. Kudos to me. I feel lucky over here. <laughs> and if you don't know Jen's and I's story, I talked about a little bit in my birth episode. I dropped you in there. How when I became pregnant, you already knew before I told you. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a superpower that I'm just tapping into that kind of still even overwhelms me. Yeah. Yeah, you um, and your fiancé were the first people that we told, and on our way to dinner, I was really excited, and we sat down, and you just looked at me, and you were like, I know. Yeah, I totally had that download. I just, I, I, I just knew. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gift, but it also, the more I lean into it, it feels really authentic, and to know that this is truly who I'm meant to be like in this lifetime and how I'm meant to serve and how I'm meant to show up in the community for others. Um, it's an honor. It really yeah. is. How, how long have you been showing up in the community as a doula? If you can just kind of peel back the layers of the onion and share, you know, how did you become a doula? What inspired you? And then, you know, becoming a quantum birth keeper. I know that's a lot. Um, <laughs> But what inspired you down this path? So I had my kids young. I was always very maternal. I started out in, I studied elementary education and I taught. I even would say 20 years ago, I was like that hiding hippie. It wasn't cool like it is now. And I even taught co-op preschools for like homeschool pods and stuff like that. And, um... My focus was really motherhood, and I really embraced that. And everyone always was not surprised for me to have my children young and really focused on childcare. And then as I started raising my children, I realized that the biggest impact that I could make for our future generation was to work with the mothers, to really empower and educate and support them. And I also felt that while I was raising my children, what I had been missing, I feel like as mothers, we always want to provide what we didn't have, that reflection. So a lot of being in this stage, this stage of motherhood for me and wanting to step into my community um, really came from, instead of complaining about what I felt was missing, I finally stepped into the role of trying to really provide what I thought was missing from even my own motherhood experience. Mm. Um, and something had happened to me in my childbirth experiences. All three of them were very different, but they were all transcendental. 
and no one was speaking about it. And birth was a dirty, messy, um, not at all this vision that it is now or that we like to portray now is something really beautiful and natural and empowering and powerful. So it had always just been an obsession of mine. And as I started diving deeper and educating myself, it became really clear that it was all lined up for me. And like, like we said, it was really my calling and, um, a lot of intuition that I tap into and it, I've just been really excited to, to learn and grow as I step into this community. And I've really seen a huge reflection of how the community, you know, we are mirrors. So as mm -hmm. I stepped into it, all of these amazing, like you, beautiful, amazing goddess mothers, totally doing the work and stepping into that maternal phase so beautifully and all very differently, but also powerfully. And it's a give and take. I learn from them and you learn from me. Yeah. And there's there's so much more ahead as well for myself as well as for um, my mothers that are, are in a different stage of motherhood. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I learned from you throughout my pregnancy and as we worked together in, you know, guiding me along that way, leading up to the birth and then really, you know, now entering this phase of motherhood is how much... I felt empowered by you to own my womanhood. And I actually haven't told you that before. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, because you you completely embody the feminine essence and what it is to be a divine feminine woman. And because of how much you love motherhood and help mothers be a mother, like you're you're like the mothers to mothers, right? Is how you consider yourself. And mm -hmm. I felt that. I felt held by you, I felt supported by you, but not in a way that was like a codependent type of way. It was a very empowering way. You know, it's like you showed me my power and I feel like so many women, um, feel like they have to do what a man does or like to be out and about and like embodying that just a different essence than, than empowering their own, embodying their own. And so you really showed me that as my own reflection and yeah, I feel like my goal is to shine a light. And I really believe in a maternal-led approach. So maternal-led pregnancy leads to a maternal-led parenthood experience. And it, that means that I shine the light ahead of you, but I'm following you as well. And that allows you to truly step into your own power. Mm. So talk to me a little bit about maternal-led because... Prior to us diving into that, I didn't know what that meant. And that really is one of the steps going from maiden to motherhood um, in that process. So what does that what does that even mean? Maiden to motherhood is um, it's essentially matrescence. And matrescence is that rite of passage from maiden to motherhood. And there's many different stages, but when we're talking about that element and that realm of your life, it encompasses going from a very outwards to a very inwards stage. Um, it's turning inwards and asking within yourself, how do I want to do this? So a lot of reflecting on what is true for me, not just as we were talking before, like what the society has taught us, 
but really shifting. And that's where the empowerment comes is asking, how does that look for me? And I can be feminine and I can be a mother, but there's so many different ways of doing it. So mm -hmm. again, it's finding what's true for you. And, and sometimes we have to try different ways of doing it and we have to shift and it's constantly being mindful and checking in and does this feel right within my body and within my nervous system and is the vision that I have truly something that I've acquired from sitting down and having these conscious conversations in partnership and a lot of times doing it even differently than our parents did it which is another push and pull because we only sometimes have that realm and that reflection of how we were raised. But mm -hmm. then we go back and we say, well, what is true for me right now? So it really has mm -hmm. to be maternal led. We really have to be conscious about there's infinite possibilities and there's infinite ways of doing it. And it goes back to, you know, the, the primary educating yourself and enlisting the right peers so that we have that vision. Yeah. I love so many things that you touched on there that actually um, feel very powerful in how I was able to recognize some of those things. So one of the things you said was being true to yourself and what is true for you. What is true to you correlates to me not having to copy somebody else mm -hmm. or feel like you're not, you know, doing something that you should be doing because you see someone else doing it. It's, it may be true for you. It may not be true for you. And that is stepping into your own power, going back to that feeling of, you know, empowering the feminine into your womanhood, into your motherhood. Um, and then one of the other things you touched on was the reflection back of what we learned, what we saw, what we experienced growing up in our own households. And I'll tell you that had a profound impact on the way that I wanted to deliver my son and that the, the whole experience, right, that my husband and I had together for that. And then even now that I'm entering a new phase in my own life, um, I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I actually had a very different view of that because of what I saw, how I saw my mom experience that. And it wasn't a very good experience. It didn't it didn't show me that she felt empowered through that time in her life. Therefore, I didn't want to replicate that because I was not going to be empowered. That was the messaging back to me. And so until I got to see something different from those that I became friends with and those that were in my community, I then started to change that viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And now I see it as such a beautiful gift that we've been given to be able to be present with our children. I remember when I was working, I went back to work. I only had three hours a day with my infant, yeah. one in the morning and two before after work, before he went to bed. And I just felt like this is not it. <laughs> yeah. And I think what comes up is we judge ourselves because we think that it's supposed to look a certain way, but then it doesn't feel that way. Mm. And that's truly part of leaning into and being open to what authentically comes up for you and creating a beautiful community where people are not judgmental and they're a reflection of us and everything changes. You know, we're changing not just physically, but socially, emotionally, financially, spiritually, hormonally, even politically nowadays. Yeah. Our views and our stances and our convictions 
everything changes and we can't anticipate what that change is going to be without taking the time to truly ask the right questions, be with ourselves and jump off that wheel of that monkey mind and the go, 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 which is actually very masculine. So the feminine is very leaning back, introspective. How does this feel? And allowing the universe to show us and let it come to us instead of the go, go, go mentality where we're chasing something. Mm. And it's also understanding that there's different stages, right? So I'm talking about matrescence, which is going from maiden to motherhood. And even in my program, what we're talking about in that first trimester is very different from what we're talking about in the fourth trimester. Mm. And I'm really anticipating and breaking it down because it can be super overwhelming. Yeah. Do you find that a lot of women um, don't even recognize that there's different things to talk about within each trimester? Because the moment you're pregnant, all of a sudden, you're just thinking straight away birth, <laughs> straight away labor. You, they don't even, I, I didn't feel back and, you know, like going through the different chakras, what's, what's happening in the first trimester, in the second yeah. trimester, how things move. You, you really did a good job in sharing all of that. Could you share that? For I, I think, I think it's, I think it's, again, it's that example of let's slow down and let's be present and an invitation. And these conversations are really, truly in your mind, what you're seeing, the reflection on social media is, is that very masculine go, 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 do, do, do. Whereas the feminine is more being present and being just being in this present moment and really marinating in what comes up for you. Mm. Um, it's also, it's, it's different. Like energetically, it's so different. We have life within our womb and our, again, how we start is this entrance of this light and this activation of our intuition, right? through our third eye and then we start speaking it and then we start feeling it in our heart and as this settling in of this soul moves through you and then passes essentially through you and is birthed into reality we have to really honor the process and if we honor that process then we have an outline of in each stage of going back to being with it and allowing it pass through you. So mm. it's not just that process in pregnancy, but then as we enter our, actually outside our fourth trimester and we reemerge afterwards as this new mother, again, taking that time and saying, what feels right for me? And going through that process again, what does my intuition say? What does my mind say? What does my heart say? How does this feel within me? And really cleaning the slate each time so we can be open to the possibilities. Mm -hmm. What is true for me? And that's something we talk about all the time because a lot of times I can, I've encountered it's very normal for perhaps your partner to not see the same vision as you for your birth or your family to not see that same vision for you of what you see through birth. Um, something beautiful that we did together and I really love that you embraced it was putting together this vision board and allowing it to accumulate. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times you start it early on and then it's this beautiful reflection of how it's 
built up and how it's grown. And as you grow, this vision grows. Yeah. And then that's a direct reflection to invite others to see your vision mm. and that it doesn't have to be, okay, right now, right here in one hour, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to create this vision, but rather it's this accumulative vision um, it's something that I do even myself with my vision board every year. I start it, but then I leave space for what's true for me. And sometimes there are certain things that I might put up there and I'm like, mm, I'm not ready for me to like permanently stick it on there. Mm. Let me see how this feels. Being very blends. How does this blend with the rest of it? And I still have the option to remove it in a month or two and replace it with something else that's true for me right now. And looking at everything as this, this growth, this process of growth. Mm, I love that with a vision board visual in our minds and how everything you're putting on the board is also very intentional with where you mm -hmm. are right now. And you know, what's true for you in that moment and what can be true for you in this moment, as you said, will morph and will evolve and will transform. And that's okay. You know, I want to talk about um, the part of us as a maiden that dies when we become mm. a mother. And I know that's so hard for so many women to come to grips with and terms with. And we, we grieve the old self, our old identity. And um what resistance have you come across in your journey working with so many mothers now at this point through that? So really honoring and hearing the emotion behind it, moving away from that paradigm that something has to die and more mm -hmm. into we're alchemizing it. So what is it turning into? Infusing it with so much love and so much magic and so much trust and so much knowing that it's within you and it just needs to be birthed and it needs to just emerge. And I used to feel for myself that there were so many different versions of me. There's the mother, there's the wife, there's the sexy, there's the PTA, there's the grunge, you know, like, it, and, and then I finally stopped being like, I'm going to take off this hat and I'm going to put on this hat. I finally realized that it's all woven into who I am. So we're never really going to let go of our childhood experiences. But when we alchemize it, then we take that time to process what worked for me, what didn't work for me, use that to inspire the vision of who we want to become and less critical on ourselves as well. And again, mm. just more open to our growth. And it's all part of everything's happening for us, mm. not to us. So all of the challenges that we go through, I take a step back and I look at it in the quantum field and I already know that it's happening for you. The challenges, it's about processing whatever those challenges are so that we can blossom again and again and again. Right. So talking about processing the childhood experiences, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of conversation around the motherhood womb mm -hmm. when it comes to becoming a mom. How do you work with women? I know we worked through this tremendously together and I looked at you and I said, oh, I've done all the work I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, what really has been shown to me um, is we all want to do better for our children. That's very maternal. The reflection is that go, go, go. And I'm going 
I'm gonna like for me I didn't travel and that was something that I really instilled upon my children what I didn't have as a reflection we're now in this state so it might not be something that I can do for myself I can't go back but as a mother we focus on completing that loop by making now that a priority that we teach our children. And instead of looking at it as something negative and coming from this victimhood mentality, I think we're really in an era of high consciousness where we can really, again, alchemize that into that served me and that was my purpose. And that happened to me, like source divinely created each obstacle for our growth. So we look at that and we want to become that mother um, that we didn't always have. And what those triggers are, are serving that purpose for us. So really deeply holding that space. It's interesting. I posted something and I, I really, I know that a lot of women in labor don't want their mothers mm. and why is that and what is that energetically and so it's not because they weren't and it wasn't because they weren't a good mother but it's particular because we are their child so it's kind of like the teenage years which i'm so glad i'm officially my last child is 20 and i have to say like it's magical like they they move out of that teenage realm and there's a lot less pushback right. and really trying to be the mother to embrace and recognize that that's serving them. They needed to push away from me for their own personal growth and mm -hmm. anticipating and observing within my clients and even for myself anticipating now my children, as much as I'm a birth worker and I am that role for others might not want me in that role for themselves because I, as their mother, they will always be my child. So that's where it's not that your mother was a good mother or a bad mother. It's just we want to grow beyond. So having our mother there holds us in that energetic bubble, in that role of being mm -hmm. the child. Yeah. So for us to step into the role as a mother yourself, we need to pull that mother outside of us energetically for our growth mm -hmm. so it's like we're here in the center but energetically i'm anticipating that growth the yeah. maternal now you're a mother you can understand there's a symbiotic we are one when they're born and then energetically already as soon as we cut that cord it's a process of letting them go mm -hmm. so there's also mm -hmm. How much has our mother let us go? How much so is she hard. tied into, is her identity tied into me being the child? If that's so, then we might need to push a little bit harder and a little bit further. Very difficult for mothers to accept that. Mm. So a lot of dealing with that. And that's where I've stepped into a lot more of a coaching and not just focusing on the birth, but understanding the energetics and the emotional that's coming up and anticipating that and really trying to step in asking what are your love languages what do you anticipate you're going to need from me and i can step in in a very healing way when we recognize what we might have needed that child within us that 
we never do it perfectly. Again, it's meant for our growth. So recognizing whatever it is that you might feel that inner child wound still needs from our mother, I can then step in and try to hold that space for you as a reflection so you can then have that vision of how you want to step into motherhood. Yeah. But I also am very um, conscientious of still allowing that to be maternal led and for you to shine your light and energetically you need to grow through that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So much just came up through that. You know, you, you spent a lot of time involved with the Greek family in your adolescent years Mm -hmm. and knowing me that I'm Greek. I mean, it's just so ingrained in the culture that like the grandmothers are yayas are just so involved to the point where it's like, not borderline overbearing, it is extremely overbearing, like too much hand-holding to the point where you don't get to grow and spread your wings and become mm-hmm. your own person. Like they always view you as the child, yeah. as the baby. Like they, they, they will continue to parent you as such no matter how old you are. It just, you don't, you never grow out of that because they always um, identify you as such. And I felt that strongly. I mean, that was exactly how my family you know, just, it is what it is. And I don't know if that subconsciously made me push away or have resistance, but energetically, I also felt like I need to do this on my own so that I can, I can stand on my own too. I can have this confidence come through. I can just, like, I don't need to be handheld all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. and when I need that support, it's there. I know it's there. Um, but you're absolutely right. It is that push and pull and recognizing when you need to step away so that you can go and become your own. It's like a man. When they grow up, they have to go and hunt their own food. They can't always have dad catching their own, you know, deer or whatever. They have to go and catch their own and come back. And now that they, they can, they can provide, they can protect. Yeah. It's teach a man to fish, mm-hmm. lead them by teaching them. But then we're also seeing that they're learning and they're learning even better ways and encouraging them and instilling in them that I don't know all, I don't know everything. I've learned so much from my clients. And one of one of the biggest things that's coming up for me lately is so many of my clients that are so empowered and so inspired by their own birth experience that they're stepping into being a birth keeper in different realms and they're putting together programs and like you sharing, really helping others in the community in this realm. We're in a very, very different mindset and era. And it is really exciting when we recognize like, again, from our grandmothers, that's all they knew, but how much we've grown over each generation Mm -hmm. and allowing and embracing that growth. Again, it also comes from our own insecurities. That attachment is negative from our own insecurities. So when we can empower and step into it, learning and conscientiously, really in this paradigm of conscious conception, conscious parenting, conscious coupling, it's a different way of being that we're really doing the work so we can grow and we can see our children for who they are and their potential instead mm-hmm. of the have tos. Right. That actually leads me into my next question in how have you seen in recent years, the new generation of mothers compared to before? And you touched upon it a bit and being more mm-hmm. conscientious of those 
previous experiences and not wanting to recreate that and creating something new for our children to have that as their new ceiling, as their new foundation. Yeah. I think that it's really about the old paradigm of motherhood was martyrdom. And we, I even experienced that where we were constantly complaining and it was very negative and bitchy and catty and gossipy. And that whole paradigm has really been broken down and women are now stepping into it, doing the work, not wanting to be miserable and feel miserable and they're learning and we're instilling different um, techniques and how to be more mindful and how, what, what it feels. So again, instead of it, it, it's about your nervous system and it's really healing instead of pushing through it, which is again, going back to the masculine and the feminine. I think that there's been a real rise in embracing our femininity and our motherhood and what that looks like. I think that last generation out of necessity if the men weren't showing up powerfully we had a lot of divorce and broken homes mm -hmm. and mothers that had no choice but to work and but to lean more into their masculine to provide and to be both parents and one of one of the things that makes me the most excited is looking at these beautiful women like you and saying you are raising a man and the power that you hold in teaching him how to be a man, how to be a father, how to be a partner, how to love, and how beautiful it is to, to not hide his emotions. And knowing that and seeing in your beautiful reflection the next generation of how beautiful the men and the women, the boys and the girls, will know how to come together as a whole that's what's going to heal and that's what's going to shift that next generation. And then for me, it's just leaning back and saying, trusting. It's all in process. It's all meant to be. The obstacles that we work through right now, I can already, I do already when I go into meditations, it's shown to me and I see it and I'm not in fear. And that as well within me shifts energetically. Mm -hmm. That we really can trust and we don't have to be in fear. And keeping myself accountable of doing the work so that I show up energetically as well as holding that space to alchemize your fear. To right. be in a higher vibration of love as well. Well, I think you're, you're giving women, you know, it, it, it can be scary at first when they're pregnant for the first time especially. And going through this entire experience for the first time to have somebody in their corner like you who can give them that confidence and a little bit of that vision, like the, like the, the grass is greener on the other side, basically. And it is, it's true. But and also you have to do the work. Yes. So I'm not all butterflies and fairy, you know, rainbows and all of that. Like we sit down and we do the work and I hold you accountable and there's going to be a balance between your meditations and your affirmations. But I'm one thing, like a big part of my program is radical responsibility. If you are not going to step into it and take radical responsibility, my favorite thing is when my parents say, no, 
No is a complete sentence. And that shows me that you've done the work and you know what you want. And every time you say no, I say bravo. Bravo for knowing what you want and for being, that shows me your power. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's that balance within us where feminine doesn't mean that we're a pushover. Feminine is powerful and strong and, and intentional and leaders because we are the ones that are birthing children into the world. And with that, we hold a huge responsibility, but also a huge privilege. Right. To me, that's just so powerful. It is. And one thing you touched on in how this next generation of mothers is coming together and viewing it differently, I feel that there's a sense of collaboration amongst Mm. each other over competition. Like, I don't feel the sense of judgment. Actually, on our flight back from Greece this past summer, he was sick the day before, and it was the longest (laughs) nine and a half hours of my life. I mean, he just didn't stop every 20 minutes. It was really hard, really, really hard. And I had about two to three different women, they were mothers, come to me and say, you know, do you want me to hold him for you so you can have a break? Or, you know, and Pedro was helping too, but it's just, he wanted mommy. And, you know, it was just, it's a lot. And everyone's trying to sleep on the plane, relax, be subtle. And to have those women come up to me and just have their support, obviously, you know, I, he wasn't going to go with a stranger. That would be even worse for everybody on the plane. <laughs> um, no, I know. Yeah. And that's why for me, a lot of it, even my own growth as a birth worker has come from stepping forward into the community and teaching prenatal yoga because not everybody can hire a doula, has the means, has the knowledge, but I just wanted to get out there and authentically hold that space and deposit all of these little nuggets and be this support and this unconditional source of love and non-judgment and Mm -hmm. to really model that. So for many, many years, I've been showing up in the community, teaching workshops, prenatal yoga, mommy and me yoga, and really cultivating this community. And that was very healing even for myself because I felt like it was something that I didn't have. So for my own example of going from victimhood where I was like, oh, where's my community and where is all of this and this and that? And I can't step forward until I see the community and where is my place in the community to just saying, you know what? I'm going to push through and I'm going to be a leader instead of a follower And I'm going to stand here and call in and cultivate the community. And a really beautiful reflection of that is really, again, seeing Mm -hmm. these mothers come forward. I'm not the type that advertises um, because I'm very intentional with Mm -hmm. who are my, we talked about this, like who's my client avatar and who are the women in the community that resonate with me and and I show up different ways for, for, for different women as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm so lucky that I already knew you before. <laughs> and I knew it was just a matter of time. Like one day when I became pregnant, I would 100% want your support because that's just how we jived. And ever since then, every woman that's come to me that is pregnant or, you know, wanted to learn more about what my, you know, doula journey looked like, I always send them their way and I always reference your name because 
it was so profound and I'm so glad that you were there with me during that time because what you taught me and what you showed me, it it helped me 100%. It, it your, was your so birth is a, is a great example because they all look different. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I've been the partner in C-sections and I've had moms accidentally um, free birth at home because the baby came so quickly or in your circumstance, you actualized a wish that you had put out there that it was just intimately the two of you. And somehow that wound up happening. And I really have to take my ego out of it. And I have to remember that I'm just here to walk beside you or even behind you. If I truly want to let you step into your power, then you need to lead the way. Mm -hmm. And I have to be open that it's going to look very differently. And I can't have an ego in it because it's not about me. It's about you. So even for myself, I have to be open to it looking completely different. It's not about just my birth philosophy where... I think that a lot of doulas focus so much heavily on it looking a certain way, a certain outcome of it being in the hospital or at home or in the water. And we get very caught up in those details. But you now know having this toddler, motherhood's going to school you. It is not Mm -hmm. going to go exactly how you want it. And our birth is a really direct reflection of that is when things don't go our way, how do we go back to what's within us feeling like I'm enough, trusting the process and coming back to love and the energy behind it. So I know what it's, I can, for me, it's what it feels like and your perception of your experience, because on paper, one person's experience can look exactly like the others, but they're having a completely different personal experience with it. Right. So for me, it's tapping into what's true for you and how that feels and what you're learning from it and holding space for that. Yeah, I love that because you're meeting people where they're at. And I remember even with working with me going from like a victim mentality without even realizing, you know, we have our own way of talking, we have our own way of processing, we have our own way of making decisions. And we don't even realize subconsciously if that's coming from a victim mentality or a, you know, victorious mentality, because that's just how we're used to operating. We're conditioned, you know, to operate that way. And you made a couple of references on a few things. And I was like, oh, it just, it shifted completely. And it even empowered me even more to step into that feminine, to step into that power. And I love how you said no is a complete sentence. And I wrote down here, I said, um, you said no shows you your power. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so good. I found that one of the, personally, one of the hardest things for myself, because I was that mother that was so of service to my husband, to my children, um, I let them make so many choices. And I thought that that was being, that was the divine feminine, very subservient and very passive. So I had to myself really shift and that was very difficult and that was even very uncomfortable for my own children. And then finally stepping into the opportunity of saying, well, now that I've opened that doorway, I have this major responsibility for being completely accountable for my well-being, for my future, 
for, for myself. And that's where I now know the power in that radical responsibility and trying to hand that and saying radical responsibility doesn't mean that we don't have love and support and guidance, but it's really in that, have you done the work to say, what do I want? So for me, the hardest thing was truly saying, I can have anything. What do I want? And then from there, going and getting it and checking in constantly. Um, mm -hmm. Again, that's part of the vision board and allowing it to not be closed and tight, but allowing that openness and that freedom and that creativity for that vision to grow and to constantly check in. And that that really means that we're growing with our children. As our children are growing, we kind of have this sense that I've stopped. I'm complete. I gave birth. And now it's all about our children. And we forget that we're always evolving and we're always yeah. growing. Just as our children are evolving and constantly growing, we as well have that opportunity. So just being more open to what comes. Mm -hmm. And accepting. And then when we're accepting within ourselves, we can be accepting of others as well. Yeah. It's interesting. I was thinking about just now going from maiden to motherhood in that process and everything that goes into what we're talking about. And then right after it's like the wave has landed, it's crashed, it's here. What have you seen um, women need the most during that time to get them like through that, that period in a way that keeps them on this trajectory? So much comes up for me because it's really finding that balance, again, the physical, social, emotional, um, hormonal, spiritual. So I think that there's maintaining that balance that we're always looking at all the different elements because if we're crashing hormonally, then we're going to be crashing emotionally, right? So it's maintaining that balance for ourselves. And when we lean too far into just one aspect of it, we let the others go. So it's coming back to that balance within ourselves. Um, and I think that it's really important because we are leading our children from example. Our children are raw emotions. Their nervous systems are co-regulated with our nervous systems. So it's going back to that self-care and that responsibility within ourselves, not being that martyr that gives everything to our children and we're left on empty but again taking that back and saying if mommy thrives baby thrives if mommy thrives family thrives and all of my relationships thrive so really taking that time to be reflective and my program is is focused on that self-care and your own coping skills and coping mechanisms and comfort measures and we think that we're just cultivating those to get us through birth, but really we're cultivating all of those to get us through parenting. Mm -hmm. What you did for me in that fourth trimester was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you and it's so funny. Like I got together with an old neighbor who was my best friend, and my kids were a little older than hers. And she moved in when the baby was just about a month old. And I really got the opportunity. And she reminded me I got together with her this week. And she was, like, literally crying. And her kid's almost a senior now as well. 
and she's gotten through the rest of motherhood and the teenage years. And we literally sat there and she said, I will never forget back then what you did for me. Oh, and she's a labor and delivery nurse. So she used to come home from working. She maintained one day a week. And I was always so obsessed with birth that she would come to my house and I would keep a plate of food for her. And the exchange was I would hold space for her to integrate outside the that that identity of her still being a labor and delivery nurse and processing that so that she could feel complete and then she could re-enter the home as a mother again. And I was always such a birth nerd. I wanted to know every detail of it. But it was so interesting because she reminded me that I just always... That's who you are. I always made juices and soups and wanted to nurture everybody. So it's also without her as a reflection, I might not have gone. And like, look how divinely beautiful it was that Source put this beautiful mother, friend there right next to me so that I could cultivate that within myself when I was ready to, and I had that opportunity where my children needed me less, where I could embrace letting them go and stepping into something for myself without judgment of the stages, but really mm -hmm. just embracing the opportunity that I had in this stage of my life. I love that. And it's so true. It, it, it's, it's who you are. I mean, you, you're such a birth worker. You're a motherhood worker. You're a woman worker. You're a feminine worker. You're a light worker. And um, the support that you provide goes unmatched. It, it really... I can't wait for our listeners to to dive in and give us their takeaways because um, if any any of you guys listening have worked with a doula before, know a doula, give them a really big hug the next time Aww. you see them because the work they do, it just, it's here to last for generations. Um, Thank you. So the last two questions I have here before we wrap it up is what advice would you give a woman on this journey right now? Take care of your nervous system. I think that we're coming from a huge shift energetically, globally, and everybody has felt that. And coming out of COVID and things looking differently and having, like we said, you know, spent the time at home and shifting what that looks like and stuff, it really comes down to taking care of your nervous system and asking what's true for you. So for one person, they might thrive in the go, 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 and it might be true for them that they absolutely are deeply appreciative to have a nanny and go back to work, but you have to tap into how does this feel within me and be open to, I thought that's what I wanted and maybe that's not what I wanted, but without co-regulating your nervous system and tapping in and constantly asking, we don't know. Yeah. And you, you're not failing either. You're just learning more about yourself. You're not failing I, by choosing no. that route. And even me, I went back to work and six to eight months later, I realized this is not what I want anymore. I, I felt a transition. I felt a shift in me. Mm -hmm. It reflected in my performance. It was just, it just didn't feel right anymore. And then, you know, we made the necessary changes and now I get to have more time with him. And it just makes me feel more of that embodied self. Um, and going back to what is true for you. So, you know, if you're in a position right now where you're choosing a situation and that's what you feel is true for you and in and, and, and the next coming seasons that that shifts, you you didn't fail. You just felt, you just did what was right for you in that moment. 
Constant growth. Constant, constant, constant growth. All right. The last question is, what are the top resources, books, podcasts, what, what are they? What would, what would you recommend someone to begin with? Um, I love Christiane Northrup. I just started, um, I listened to a lot of Audible. So her book on mother daughter, I forget what it's called. Mother daughter wisdom has been outstanding. It's a lot of what we talked about. It's talking about the role of mothers and daughters and made into motherhood, but she goes, it's just a really great book that talks about conception and the energetics and she's completely in alignment and um, just a great mentor, really blessed to know her personally. Another one of my favorite, favorite books is Reclaiming um, Childbirth as a Rite of Passage. And every single woman, every single mother that has read it has really under really gotten that energy behind it. Um, and then this is a new one for me. I pulled them out here. This is super comprehensive. The nourishing traditions, oh, I guess you can't see it's backwards. Nourishing traditions of book and book of baby and child care. Um, this one's really, really beautiful. When I was in Bali, uh, and I visited a birth center and she's a renowned midwife. Um, her name's Robin Lim. And she has a bunch of books as well. And they all just really resonate with me. This one's The Ecology of Gentle Birth. Um, so for me, it's really finding those mentors that inspire me and passing that on to others. I mean, if mm. we start getting into podcasts and stuff, there's a million of them. <laughs> we'll be here for a long time. No, <laughs> yeah. that's perfect. Jen, please share where people can follow and connect with you. It's Birth of a Goddess. Super simple. IG, Facebook, website. It's all birth of a goddess and it's really again it's about holding that space for every woman to step into their version of motherhood as a goddess looking like it feeling like it energetically being viewed as that and not shining not not dimming their light truly standing in their light and their power I love that. And you guys, if you're wondering if you can work with Jen, um, if you don't live in South Florida, yes, you can. Jen offers remote coaching, um, prenatal coaching, baby blessings, closing birth ceremonies, placenta services. Jen actually took my placenta and divvied it up in many different ways for me to ingest. And I did that for the, the six months I had into postpartum. She's a lactation consultant as well and can support you on that journey. Reiki and energy clearing, maternal life coaching as we've been talking about, conscious conception, conscious parenting. Wow, you do so much good work in the world. I am Thank so you. glad that we were able to have you on today and take this time together. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And again, you are my biggest inspiration. I do this for you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Elevate Your Life podcast. I hope it gave you exactly what you were looking for. This show brings me so much joy and I'm so happy to have this space for these amazing conversations and guests. To support the show, please rate and review and share it with your loved ones. If you want to be reminded of new episodes, click the subscribe button on your preferred podcast or video player. You can sign up for my newsletter in the show notes below to receive my favorites and updates. 
Till next week, you guys, find us on Instagram and tag us wherever you are listening at Elevate with Eliana. Sending you so much love and remember, you got this.